Okay, Josh. So I was talking to my wife. And if you know Sabrina, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, my wife is a highly artistic person, very creative, very much in touch, not only with uh, what she's doing, but also the people that it speaks to, like every good artist should be. She uh, and I have actually had conversations more recently around the intersection of business and art, because these are very different worlds that support one another, especially in the greater globe of things, I think. So I kind of wanted to riff on this a little bit with you today. You game? Yeah, let's right, talk about launch it. Launch out on the loop today as we discuss the intersection of business and art today on Curiosity Continuum. everybody this is josh this is brian welcome to the podcast for curiosity continuum curiosity continuum is an industry innovating non-traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation we are the essential bridge between the analog and digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise and innovation needed to thrive in the 21st century we combine and mix essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways not possible outside of a creative, thoughtful, diverse community of fellow curious people. Follow us on your favorite podcast app to receive notifications and new content. If you like what you hear and you want to dive deeper, please visit us at curiosicontinuum.com. Thanks for tuning in and let's start the conversation. All right. So there was actually some gaming news that came out today. And so... This was a big announcement, especially in the circles that Josh runs in. Would you mind sharing that with folks? Uh, yeah, not at all. So the the whole announcement has to go around with ac- mergers and acquisitions, which in the gaming sphere is a big deal because people kind of like gobble up small fish, gobble up big fish, and then there's less uh, competition all around, right? So today, Microsoft has announced their intentions and in fact it's more than that they've actually announced the buying of uh blizzard activision or activision blizzard which is a huge conglomerate that's been around for many years uh for 68.7 billion dollars all in cash by the way so (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot of money write that check my friend write that check (laughs) i'll get right on that i don't know if it'll clear the bank yet i say yet folks because because that's, it's yet. With with things like that, there's business things. So for people who aren't familiar with the gaming industry, everybody's heard of Microsoft. Uh, Blizzard would be something like if you had like a Warner Brothers or you had a Paramount. Or you're talking about like Hollywood Studios. Yeah. In that regard, same type of thing. It's like when you've seen Disney start to gobble up Fox and they own Hulu and, they, you know, many different platform acquisitions. Starts to feel about that way. Right. And so... What happens is, especially uh, if you're Blizzard and you've done what you've done for many years. So some of the titles in Blizzard, one of them is Call of Duty, I think it is, right? Yeah, that's Activision title. But yeah, Blizzard title everyone's familiar with is Diablo. That's something that they've they've made in Warcraft and all that. So yeah, they got gobbled up by Activision in the 90s or early 2000s. And then they were Activision Blizzard. And they were that way for about 20 years. So. 
So to kind of put it in context for people who don't know the gaming sphere, uh, just like there's major franchises of movies, like it's uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, for example, yeah. or Fast and the Furious. Mission Impossible, these titles, Star Trek, Star Wars, all these things. Yeah. Yes. they The gaming industry has similar titles. So Diablo that Josh mentioned is one of those. And these titles garner a humongous following. Yep. That's a revenue juggernaut. And you have really diehard fans at, who play these games. Some, you know, they buy the new release every time it comes out because they want to continue their arc of story. They may buy it on another platform just to be able to play the game. I mean, like example with uh, Blizzard Activision, the biggest one is Call of Duty. They release that every year. They have four studios dedicated to the Call of Duty. And all they do is rotate between these four different studios. So every year it's one. So they all have four years to develop a title, but they're, they sell a billion dollars plus every year, every year. Now this year it was it kind of dropped a little bit, but it was still the number one selling game of 2021. So, I mean, they're like competing against themselves at this point. So you're going to ask yourself, how does this relate to my wife? Right. <laughs> you know, this is how we started it. We talked about this, but I want, I, Wanted to go on that track to say this. I think everybody's really familiar with having uh, like movies being rehashed or rebooted again, and you have these big titles in the gaming industry, right? These things are now artistic expressions of people's, you know, yeah, code of their drawings of all right. their art translated into a a commerce vehicle that goes again and again and again. There is a really fine line that a lot of artists have to get comfortable with when you start to talk about scalability. Now, oftentimes when you see like an artist, even a famous well-to-do artist, and it takes them like two or three years to prepare for an exhibit, it's because they are the sole choke point in their business. Yeah. Only they are creating the paintings. So there is no like, hey, let me just like hire 20 people on contract <laughs> to do my piece like that. Right. That's not how most mediums work. So what happens is you have to make the decision at some point as an artistic person to say where my art, my pure art kind of ends and I'm okay to like not have as deep of a touch when something has to scale. And I've heard this said again um, by many, many successful creative artistic people who have scaled a brand up. Now, as soon as you do that, you start to almost gain criticism from like true Quote, quote, true artists because you became commercially successful. Sure. I can, I can actually hear that because problem with artists and art is that it's such a personal thing to the artist. And when you look at the business side of it, these people don't understand or they don't really care if they sell a gajillion of them, right? Or they see it as part an extension of themselves. So part of it is you have to learn as an artist or somebody who's creative, anyone who's creative. You're not you just don't have to be an artist. Where does your art end and you're willing to kind of stop it there and maybe even stop iterating on it for a while and let the kind of business side pull it. So like with games, that happens all the time. These guys are, you know, it's their baby and they don't want to let it go. And we've said that before on the show is that don't make things your baby, but it's hard when you've nurtured it from nothing all the way up to something. 
And then now other people are, are want it. Right, Brian? So that's kind of where these people are coming from. And knowing that would actually help the business people and the business people would help by knowing that, but they don't really intermingle that much. And so I think the real lesson in this episode is just kind of like learn the differences between the two and kind of get to know the differences between the two. And then you'll kind of be able to put them all together. huh? Then you can also have a kind of a clear prioritization scheme and there's not a right or wrong answer here, folks. But, um, you know, I had a colleague, He's a, he was in a hardcore uh, band years ago, and he does video production now. And he said, you know, I'm very clear where my line of art and like me having my job as a video producer kind of comes in. For him, like his music is truly his art. So he'll make sure that like he protects that a little bit differently. But for him as skills as a video producer, he'll be able to just... You know, say, hey, there's a client, they want to do a launch of a brand or they want to do some story about their company. He goes, I understand where that line is. And he goes, and I'm okay with that. Now, he's made that decision for himself because he said, how I use my creative gifts over here is really more for the sake of commerce. When it comes to his music, he's really dedicated it more toward the artistic side of it. And I would encourage you enjoy both and appreciate both for what they are. When it's pure art, Enjoy it for what it is, because it is an artistic statement. In the same way, if you have a business that's running really well, appreciate that. It's a lot of effort to making that thing work. When you have a situation, though, where maybe an artist is considering uh, going bigger or scaling up, you really have to ask yourself the question of, are you wanting to actually do that? Right. Or do you just want more people to recognize you as brilliant or pay more money for the pieces you create? Because that's a very different scalability picture. Yeah, I mean, that's a trade-off too. Like that is one of those things where if you just want your art to be more well-known, you but you if you want to make more money, that's the business side of it. So you're going to have to be willing to give something up. It's not going to be, you know, there are very few people that are that can write their own check and just do whatever they want. And if they can, they have gotten that way usually by giving up a lot. I mean... Look at, I think some of the most famous artists today that are like prolific artists have done that and they've given up things in the past. They've even talked about it, you know, like uh, Lady Gaga, for example, or I even hate to use it, but Taylor Swift, she gave up a lot to just get started. She had to sign a lot of deals that she didn't want to sign because it was getting her notoriety. And that's kind of where you got to start sometimes. And you have to you have to understand like, are you robbing Peter to pay Paul or are you just getting yourself known and you're making yourself the brand? And once you do that, then you can kind of write your own path. Right? So I think the big lesson here is, is obviously don't make anything your baby. That's always a, a lesson, but another really good one is be will be flexible with reality because I think the, idea in your head is not going to be the idea of reality a lot of times. When you keep it flexible, you kind of understand what the goal is maybe for each stage of that. You know, Taylor Swift did a really smart thing, I think, where she wanted to get control of some of her old catalog and the recordings of those were still controlled by somebody else. She re-recorded those same songs again. So she can license a different version of that out. Right. 
And so she's kind of like moved the business pieces of it. But see, that that's some very smart counsel that she got or a creative way to address like how she would like to handle her, her art, which is a business as well. You know, um, there's a lot of wonderful musicians. Some of the best musicians in the world never make a living at it. Right. They're excellent at what they do. You know, a great example of that is our friend John uh, from growing up, you know, super talented musician. He plays... He plays just about anything, so he's one of those guys. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and you know, guitar for longer than I think some people have been alive. Sure, <laughs> and uh, he plays great, but you know that that wasn't ever his full time vocation. There were things that he did on top of other things, and he's super talented. But that wasn't something where he, and he was a working musician. So I don't mean that uh, that way. In like his younger years, his family band go out and they play things and they make money right so some of that was his job but like as he got later in life like it's it switched like he put that in a different place in his life um part of the issue i think that happens with people is they they see the end goal and they become very rigid like josh said like they've made it their baby like this is exactly how it's going to go especially like you know i'm going to put this gal piece here in this gallery and then people are going to start buying it for a million dollars a piece. And then it's going to be $10 million a piece. And then suddenly it's this way. And there's all this space in between about where it varies. Um, You know, they know how they started, they know where they ended up, but success is a very jagged journey. It's never like this really smooth path that's just paved that way. Cause you're paving the road literally as As you go. go. And part of it is too, is people that are looking at you only see the end. Because they only see what you become. They don't see what you were. They don't understand where you started. They don't understand the sacrifice you made to become there. Like, I know a lot of people like to, you know, like really harp on some of the ultra rich people in our society, like Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and stuff. But a lot of these guys, I mean, they started in their parents' garage and they started with like maybe $20,000 seed money and they had a part time job at IHOP. You know, and they yeah. they worked like every single second of the day at their job and then came home and worked their jo- other job to make their, their living. So, I mean, when you talk to these people, I mean, they're just normal people that had a vision. And I, I've watched this with Elon Musk was saying this a lot of times is that people will go 99 percent of the way, but they just won't go that extra one percent because that's where it gets really hard. It gets really hard, and Brian and I have firsthand knowledge of this. It gets really hard to kind of keep going sometimes when you're not seeing the fruits of your labor in real time. You're seeing it delayed, and you're like, oh, I want want it to be now, you know? You just got to know it's just about perseverance, and that's what this whole thing really is, is art is a business and business is art. It's all the same. You just have to have a vision and keep going for it, right, Brian? Yeah. And with that vision, you're breaking it down into your addressable tasks and things. You know, sometimes there's big leaps. Oftentimes it's just stepping it out. Yeah. Just talking to another person, you know? Yeah. And then, so you kind of know, like it's a pile of many little choices really at the end. People like to take the, uh, the big decisions or the, like that moment where it turned or there was a deal and those are important, but all the other little decisions to get to that point, like don't don't mistake that as like not important, you know. Say for the same thing, for the artists who, you know, how many paintings did they do before they got recognized? Yeah, 
my wife's case for mosaic or whatever. How many times did you do it before people said, boy, you're really good at that? <laughs> All those times when you're a musician and you're playing to the parking lot, because that's who showed up was the parking lot. Right. <laughs> like nobody there but the cars. Those things matter. Those little things matter. And when you start to say, well, do I want it to go here? Do I want it to go this way? Like in terms of, do I want to stay an artist? Do I want to make a business? What do I need on, what do I borrow from both parts of my brain for both of them? It's a negotiation within yourself, honestly, to say, what am I okay with? And then honestly, like there's the outworking of it. That's not your only idea in life. You'll have other ideas. Yeah. I think that's really good, Brian. I think we just let people kind of sit with that for a while. How about that? All right. Well, until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. Curiosity continuum. Thank mm-hmm. you.